0: This is Jeff Guy and Surgery ICU Rounds. Today we're going to have a journal review, and the topic is glutamine supplementation and critical illness. The article we're going to review is from the Journal of Burn Care and Rehab from 2006. This is volume 27, pages 764 to 772. Uh, the uh, author is uh, uh, Mark uh, Wendell. We'll try to make the PDF of this uh, article available on the website. Um, Glutamine is the most abundant amino acid found in plasma cells. The primary site for synthesis and storage is skeletal muscle. Glutamine is involved in gluconeogenesis, the acid-base system, and synthesis of other amino acids. Glutamine is also a preferred oxidative fuel for rapidly dividing cells, such as lymphocytes and mucosal cells of the gastrointestinal tract. Glutamine is considered a conditionally essential amino acid. In metabolic stress, demand by the liver, kidney, and intestinal tract outstrips peripheral production and release, and therefore plasma levels decrease rapidly. Severe glutamine depletion occurs in major thermal injury. If supplementation is not provided, adverse effects may include an increased risk of mortality and infection, sustained inflammatory response, negative nitrogen balance, muscle wasting, and reduced GI integrity. After at least 20 years of research, glutamine supplementation is moving from the research arena into clinical practice. Recommendations are now uh, being suggested for enteral glutamine in burns and supplementation for all critically ill patients who require parenteral nutrition. Current knowledge of glutamine supplementation in critical illness is summarized within this uh, article, with particular reference to burns and published recommendations. The implications of these uh, aspects on clinical practice and burn care are also considered. The one thing that will be mentioned throughout this article that may confuse uh, some practitioners in the United States is the mention of parental glutamine. Parental glutamine is not available in the United States. It is available in uh, Europe as a glutamine dipeptide. Uh, But um, it's not a uh, um, misspeak or a misquote when you hear me say that. Now, improved outcomes in terms of wound healing rates, morbidity and length of stay uh, were achieved with glutamine therapy in six randomized control studies. Uh, observed faster wound healing rates with enteral glutamine supplementation. Glutamine also appears to confer protective effects against local and systemic infection. Garrett uh Garrell and colleagues found that enteral glutamine supplementation was associated with a reduced incidence of Pseudomonas aeruginosa bacteremia and overall positive blood cultures was 3 times greater in the untreated group. In the parental glutamine uh, study by Weishmeyer and colleagues, there was a significant reduction in the incidence of gram-negative infection uh, in the treatment group compared to the control group. 8% for the uh, glutamine group and 43% for the uh, control group. And also there was a decrease in the inflammatory markers. Regarding the period of care, hospital stay was reduced up to 15 days in five of the studies. Whether glutamine is capable of reducing mortality in burn patients remains unclear. A decreasing trend in mortality with use of enteral and parental glutamine uh, was observed, although this only reached statistical significance in one enteral uh, glutamine supplementation trial. Cost savings have been associated with enteral glutamine therapy in burn trials as published by Zalaiol. Although the cost of glutamine enrichment nutrition was almost double that of control group, overall hospital costs were approximately 10% less in those treated with glutamine. At least three systemic reviews of enteral and parenteral glutamine supplementation work have been published uh, uh, during the last five years. Most of these studies concern ICU populations, including burns, trauma, and surgical patients. Although conclusions were variable, again, there appears to be no intervention trials that suggest glutamine supplementation caused harm in terms of mortality or infection. Overall findings include reduced risk of infections, complications, shorter hospital and ICU stay, and a reduced mortality, particularly in critically ill patients. The largest effect of uh, uh, enteral glutamine on infectious complications was in a large trauma study, which did include burn patients but excluded those with burns greater than 15% total body surface area. The American Society for Parenteral and Animal Nutrition, also known as ASPEN, provides regularly updated um, uh, extensive practice guidelines related to various aspects of artificial nutrition support in a wide range of clinical settings. In the most recent version, grade A recommendations were made for the early initiation of nutritional support, use of enteral root, and uh, provision of appropriate amounts of energy and protein for burn patients. It was commented that there may be some potential for the use of immune-enhancing substrates in burns, and reference was made to work which had demonstrated immunological benefits of glutamine in pediatric burn patients. However, as been concluded, at the time of the publication, there was insufficient evidence to support routine use of specific immune-enhancing nutrients, including glutamine, in burn patients. It should be noted that since the release of these guidelines in 2002, at least five randomized controlled trials and three systematic reviews have been published, all of, which, all of which suggested positive effects of glutamine supplementation in burn patients. Now, patients with major burn injury, particularly those with smoke inhalation, often require sedation and ventilation for several weeks. And therefore, a patient requiring enteral nutrition may be going on for several weeks. What is the optimal duration of glutamine supplementation um, has been the source of uh, extensive study. And the optimal duration of glutamine supplementation in critical illness is not yet defined Cost savings as the result of shorter length of stay in the ICU and clinical benefits are particularly marked in patients requiring at least five days of glutamine-enriched internal nutritional support, and systematic reviews support a minimum five-day administration period. If benefit commences at around five days of supplementation, further clarification is required as to just how far to continue the glutamine supplementation. A major summit on the use of immune-enhancing nutritional substrates concluded that the data were lacking in this area. Basically, how long should one continue the glutamine? It's clear that we should keep, we should have glutamine supplementation for at least five days, but should we stop it after five days, one week, two weeks, three weeks? It may be that different periods of supplementation are required depending on the desired effect. For example, for mucosal protection, optimizing immune function, or sparing endogenous glutamine utilization. Duration in trials have shown benefit uh varies typically from one to four weeks. Improved long term mortality at six months has been noted in ICU patients giving glutamine supplementation for at least ten days. Decreased production and increased central consumption of glutamine persists for a minimum of eleven days after acute burn injury. Consequently, there may be a case for more, more prolonged period of supplementation and burns that suggest that um, for many other critically ill patients. Most of the randomized controlled trials of burn patients continue supplementation for between 10 and 14 days. No published trials appear to have fully investigated the use of glutamine therapy in burns beyond four weeks. There may be no uh, added benefit to routine, uh, routinely continuing glutamine supplementation after this period of four weeks, at least in burns smaller than 30%, as the inflammatory response, and therefore possibly the glutamine flux, returns uh, near baseline by then. However the overall hypermetabolic response that is common in severe burn injury can persist beyond the ICU stay, even for months, and often is manifested by continued weight loss. Weight appears to be better maintained in burned children compared to adults in the inpatient phase, but growth in young pediatric patients is delayed for up to three years. That's right, three years after burn, particularly in children who are malnourished. The mechanism for this long-term inability to obtain catch-up growth is not fully understood. Resting energy expenditure in severe burns remains increased in patients for at least 12 months after injury. Decreased plasma gluten concentrations in burns are a result of both a deficient peripheral release and an increased use by high glutamine-consuming tissues. Logic would suggest that plasma gluten concentrations may provide an ideal indicator for the need for glutamine therapy. Indeed, a low concentration appears to be a poor prognostic indicator in the ICU setting and has been suggested that plasma glutamine may provide a practical tool for determining which patients should be commenced on therapy on admission. The optimal dose remains undefined. Clinically important differences appear to commence at doses of greater than 0.2 grams per kilo of body weight per day. However, dose requirements may differ depending on the disease state, and patients with a more severe state of disease with a greater glutamine demand may require a greater glutamine dose. Most trials have used about 10 to 15 grams per day. Glutamine, um, uh, but it has been suggested that uh, in disease states such as critical illness and major burns, requirements may be in the region up to 25 to 35 grams per day. Most of the burn trials previously discussed use enteral doses in the region of 03 uh, 5 to 0.57 grams per kilo of body weight per day. The upper limit would require approximately 40 grams per day for a 70-kilogram adult. In regards to safety, there is no evidence of harm with glutamine use with respect to mortality and infectious complications uh, in any of the randomized control trials. Metabolic safety and glutamine in terms of dose, duration, have all been studied in healthy and catabolic subjects. No clinical evidence of toxicity or generation of potentially neurotoxic metabolites of glutamine, that is ammonia and glutamate, were found in healthy volunteers giving single oral doses of glutamine or a mean dose of 22.2 grams. So in conclusion, regarding glutamine supplementation in critically ill patients, particularly burn patients. One should always exercise caution when adopting therapies into routine clinical practice, but glutamine supplementation does appear to confer significant clinical and cost advantages in critical illness. Burn patients may be one particular group of benefit. Glutamine supplementation appears to be relatively safe, up to a level of 0.5 grams per kilo body weight per day. There may be a rule for supplementing glutamine for two to three weeks after burn. Monitoring plasma glutamine concentrations may may, uh, rationalize the initiation as well as the duration of glutamine therapy, although there may be limits to its usefulness. This is Surgery ICU Rounds. This is Jeff Guy. Thank you.